Alright, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Eli James here. This is Voice of Christian Israel at Eurofolk Radio. Today is January 26th, 2020, and uh, we have our usual guest host this morning, Pastor Martins of South Africa. How are you doing, Pastor? Good evening, Pastor. <laughs> yes, uh, quite interesting. You should say good morning this morning, and uh, I'm saying good evening to you. Um, right. Um very well, thanks, Pastor. We've had some beautiful rain again ever since the uh, humbling that we did as a, mm-hmm. a nation, that the Boers did as a nation. Uh, on the very same night, I think I mentioned to you, the very same night in uh, Namibia that we uh, concluded the the um, uh, humbling of that day and, and repentance, that very same evening the uh, rain started falling and it's been raining ever since. Okay. Um, okay. Maybe it's time to stop humbling yourself. <laughs> no. Pastor, no. Okay. Um, yeah. we, we we need to humble uh, and and to repent of um, so many things because uh, yes. as we continue with this humbling, we find that there are sins that uh, had never been repented of, and of course the um, uh, the wrath of the the Almighty is upon the Boers. That is why we. Uh, were subjugated to the Cape Dutch Afrikaners. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't humble ourselves. <laughs> all right. Absolutely. Every, you can all have a gluten-free day, right? A gluten tag, gluten-free tag to everybody. All right. So uh, this the subject is something I've had on the back burner for quite a while, namely the Lamb Selection Day. And it's, you know, those of us in Christian identity have studied the feast days in great detail, uh, the exact nature of the feast days, what the, you know, how we're supposed to practice them, how we're supposed to commemorate them, even more importantly these days. But uh, yeah. we, we're, this morning we were talking about whether or not the average citizen of Palestine or Judea in the days of Christ were practicing the Mosaic Law. And the author, Ernest L. Martin, stated, well, no, they weren't. Uh, but I, I, I disagreed with that statement. Uh, it's, it's obvious to me that the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and with the possible exception of the Essenes, who were no longer in Jerusalem, had moved to Qumran uh, for, for 50 years, 60 years previous, because they didn't like what the Pharisees were doing to the Mosaic religion, that uh, it was these political leaders slash religious leaders who were, for the most part, not even Israelites, namely the Pharisees. Well, yeah, they didn't practice the law, Mosaic law. They were waiting for the coming of the Messiah. But the vast majority of the country folk, the townspeople, etc., the farmers, they were. They were. And, uh, okay, it sounds like you're in a factory, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll proceed. Uh, you, I'm hearing you very well. I trust you're hearing me, and I trust the audience is hearing us fairly well. Yes. Okay. Yes, I can hear you, Pastor. Okay. For a moment there, it sounded like a, as you were mentioning, like a jet screen. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So, uh, and so the article that uh, I was planning on doing a show about in any case, uh, I think it's appropriate to do it today. And I'll uh, put the ch- uh, link in the chat room for people to follow along. It is from itisfinished.blog. And the article is about the preparation day. The, uh, otherwise known as Lamb Selection Day, 
And so, Pastor Martins, uh, why don't you give us your understanding of Lamb Selection Day as it pertained to ancient Israel and how the Judahite citizens of Palestine, that that's who they were, they were Judahites primarily, Judahites and Benjamites, uh, why would they be an anticipating uh, a selection day just before Passover? Over to you. Uh, Pastor, of course, the, the oldness of Passover uh, relates back to the day uh, or the days in, in Egypt when Moses spoke with, well, Moses went into the desert. It's one of the things that is so very important to notice is that Moses felt this unctioning to go into the desert, and it was in the desert that Yahweh spoke with him, or the angel of Yahweh spoke with uh, Moses. And uh, I read about Moses going into the desert on two occasions prior to the um, um, leaving of the, the Israelites out of Egypt. Okay. Uh, one of the things that needs to be said as well is that Father Yahweh had indicated to Moses that he had to lead the people out of Egypt mm -hmm. and he had to go to Pharaoh. Now Pharaoh, Moses grew up in the palace of the Pharaoh, so the Pharaoh was not an, a, a person distant from him, it was the Pharaoh was uh, the king of Egypt in any case and Moses was of course like a child to the king of Egypt. And for Moses to go and tell the, the Pharaoh that he must let the Israelites go must have come as a shock to Pharaoh. Because here is this man that grew up in his, his palace now demanding for the release of his people. Yes. And, and when, of course, Moses went backward and forward between Pharaoh and Father Yahweh, where Father Yahweh said to Moses, Moses must go and say to the Pharaoh so and so and so. And when it didn't happen, when Pharaoh uh, refused to let the people go, of course, the, that was when the plague started. Now, when it, when it reached the point where Father Yahweh said to Moses, because Pharaoh had not humbled his heart, when, when Father Yahweh had, had basically forced Pharaoh to humble his heart to let the people go, he refused to humble his heart. And Father Yahweh said, because he refused to humble his heart, he was hardening his heart for him. He would right. harden Pharaoh's heart so that the full extent of the wrath of Father Yahweh would be uh, expressed over the whole of Egypt. Mm -hmm. It's very important to notice that. But when Father Yahweh spoke to Moses, he said to Moses that Moses must make sure that the people follow the guidelines and the requirements and the terms and the conditions which the Father had set. They must follow it meticulously and in specific detail. Yes. Which is very important. Be be because had they not followed the instructions of Father Yahweh, they would have uh, they they would have perished along with the Egyptians. That's right. The firstborn of the Egyptians. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Okay. It sounds like somebody's dragging boxes across your keyboard. <laughs> are you are you still there? I'm here, Pastor. Okay. Yeah. So for a moment, I, I thought it might be my beard on the um, <laughs> microphone, but I'm I'm keeping my head totally still as still as I can keep it. Yes. Okay. All right. So okay. So obviously, now let me just uh, comment on what you said. For I think a period of 1,500 years, uh, ever since the Israelites finally did settle in Palestine. They had been meticulously following the Levitical priesthood and their uh, Passover rituals, okay? In yes. fact, the, the people of Israel would pr do the, the Passover ritual on their own, in their own homes, or they would have their own gatherings. They could have gone to Jerusalem, or they could have stayed on their farms or on their, you know, uh, in their homes and done it, done it themselves. 
So, but there was also a requirement that before Passover, which was always on uh, Abib 14, the the day That's before right. the day before the next pass uh, next uh, next Sabbath, there yeah. was a lamb selection day. They were told right. to go and look for a lamb to, uh, without spot or blemish, bring it home. Uh, get familiar with it, and, and then w- when the time comes, the day before the day they were actually supposed to cook the meal, that's when they were to sacrifice that lamb. Okay, so that uh, there was a lamb selection day, which was very important, and it was ingrained into the memory, the knowledge of the average Judahite in in Palestine in those days. Would that not be correct to say? Exactly, Pastor, and it was on the 10th day of the month of Abib that uh-huh. they had to uh, go and select this uh, lamb. Yes, but very good. But there is an extremely important aspect to that as well. Okay. Remember, remember that they were slaves, so they were kept in slavery during the day. They were hard-working laborers during the day. Yes. But the lamb had to be with them constantly. The lamb was selected to be with them they had to keep the lamb basically with them and that i I could never understand why it was so necessary for them to select the lamb on the 10th of the month and only on the 14th of the month Mm -hmm. on the evening that they were supposed to have a barbecue because it was not cooked it was barbecued yes so four days right yeah, cooked over an open days. fire, yes. Mm-hmm. And there is a reason for that four days. Because the, you, you must remember that they had been in slavery for 400 years. Okay. Which meant, which meant, and it was quite obvious, that they were also socializing with these Egyptians. Because we see when Moses returned from the uh, desert after Father Yahweh's angel had spoken with him, and I believe that it was Yeshua that spoke with uh, Moses in the desert. Okay. When, when, when he had been commissioned to lead the people out of, of, out of Egypt, Moses came into the courtyard, and there were two, uh, a, an Egyptian fighting with Israelites. The only way in which they could have been fighting was if they had socialized to some degree or the other. Sure. And he, and he then killed the Egyptian. And the following day he came by and the two Israelites were fighting. And when he had scorned them for that, um, um, uh, 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 for that fighting between themselves, they immediately accused him or told him or pointed him in the fact that he had killed the Egyptian. Right. You want to yeah. kill us as well. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a, a curious parallel because the uh, word Egypt is symbolic of slavery in Scripture. Yeah. And our people are back in Egypt again today. Because why? Absolutely. Well, you, know, you might as well have the Pharaoh of Egypt ruling over us because we have the... Uh, Edomite Jews ruling over us and having our people yeah. back in slavery again today. So we need yeah. another we need another visitation from Yahshua, <laughs> and the sooner the better. Okay, uh, back to you. Before I go into the article, uh, Pastor, then the important thing is in Scripture it says I've forgotten where it is, and I don't want to move now to quickly search for it. Okay. But it states, Scripture says that the Egyptians did not eat. They didn't sup. They didn't meal with uh, shepherds of sheep. Because right. they, they saw it as being extremely derogatory to them. In fact, not just derogatory, it was against their belief mm-hmm. to mix with shepherds. And right. so, far the, so far the Yahweh made sure that the Egyptians from their side were not part and parcel of the feast that was to be held on the 14th of Abib, mm-hmm. uh, the Passover, the feast of Passover. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Because had they participated in the feast of Passover, they would have heard the secret to actually uh, uh, smear the blood of the lambs on the, the doorposts. Right. They would have asked why. 
Yeah, and it had nothing to do with them anyway, you know. So, uh, yeah, it, it, more more likely they wouldn't be interested. Although there was a mixed multitude that accompanied the Israelites out of Egypt. Okay, so there were a few Egyptians. Now most of these Egyptians were Hamites, so they were uh, related by race to the Israelites yeah. who were Shemites. Okay, but uh, yeah. they had practiced a pagan religion in Egypt for quite quite a long time, several hundred years before. So now let me get to the article here because it's this is really important event that occurred just before the uh, sacrifice of the lamb. And it starts by saying, and this is by Robin Smith, S-M-I-T, no H. Cry out with joy, O daughter of Zion. Shout jubilantly, O daughter of Jerusalem. Look, your king is coming. He is righteous and able to save he comes seated humbly on a donkey. Okay, there's that humility. Uh, on a colt, a foal of a donkey, Zechariah 9.9. 9. So, this is a prophecy that the Messiah would come riding on an ass, as we commonly are apt to say, on a donkey. Yeah. And the picture is that the donkey is quite small, <laughs> barely strong enough to hold Messiah riding on his back. But he is... He is managing. And so uh, what is your recollection from Scripture of how Messiah was uh, welcomed on that particular day, the Lamb Selection Day? Um, well, he was hailed with uh, the swinging or the waving of palm leaves. Um, now, palm, palm branches are very uh, quite big. They, they're very light, but they have a lot of fanning capability. And it must have been a tremendous sight to see so many, in fact, thousands of people, because it says the whole city had gone out to greet him. Right. Yet two days later, or the following day, when he was uh, auctioned by Pontius Pilate, the same people were shouting against him. They were shouting right. for Jesus, um, or that was also called Barabbas, okay. to be released. Okay, let me let me disagree with you here on a small point. Yes, uh, the point that I want to get at is that thousands, you just said thousands of Israelites showed up to greet him, which is yeah. proof, which is proof that Ernest L. Martin is wrong, that uh, those uh, common people of Israel and Judah, they were expecting a Messiah. They they were true exactly. believers in mo, in the Mosaic uh, tradition, Mosaic Mosaism. But not Judaism. Judaism is totally different from Mosaism. But it was the upper classes who were like disregarding the traditions of of Israel, but not the common no. people. It was the common people who were the true believers and the true practitioners of Mosaism. Okay, yes. so in fact, yeah. the, the, remember they still had the temple as well. Yes, they did. And, um, and Yeshua had uh, taught. And preached in the temple quite often. Yes, yes. Okay, although now the, it was, yes, he the, did. The, the, the temple had been inundated by these Pharisees and these priests. That's correct. That's correct. And uh, now, but the point that I wanted to disagree with you about was uh, where you said the same people uh, were uh, preaching against Jesus uh, just a few days later. Well, the, the scriptures say that the Pharisees had rounded up a bunch of crisis actors, for lack of a better term, uh, agitators, who, who they paid and otherwise cajoled into becoming part of a mob, okay? Yeah. So now maybe some true-blooded uh, true Judahites and Israelites had become part of the mob. They would have been tremendously confused. Uh, why? You know, Just a few days ago, I was praising Messiah you know, with, with Hosanna, in the highest, and now today I'm being asked to join and participate in his execution. What uh, what happened between day uh, day ten and day fourteen? Yeah, what exactly. what could have possibly happened to change their minds in just a couple of days? Right? Yeah. I mean, was there uh, did a, a copy of the New York Times <laughs> come out and say Jesus is the false Messiah? He must be killed. I don't think so. Uh, the, I think yeah. the, the the Pharisees just rounded up a bunch of crisis actors, a mob as they are wont to do. They're excellent at bussing in mobs from everywhere, yeah. pretending to be the quote unquote 
people, unquote. Over to you. Yes, of, of course, Pastor. In fact, um, uh, they even doing it today. One must remember that they uh, these scoundrels don't change the, 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 the agenda. They might change the means whereby they achieve their agenda, but uh, they follow the same pattern over and over. And that is, um, I mean, Soros. George Soros is known for doing just that. Yes, that's, that's right. They're experts at that. Their modus operandi has not changed in 2,000 years. Okay? I would rather say three and a half thousand years. Okay, yeah, well, as long as the Edomites have been with us. (laughs) As long as the Edomites have been with us, they have been uh, gathering mobs to demonstrate against true Israel, right? They have. Yeah, yeah, because even at the return from Babylon. Yeah, uh, I can hear you. I can hear you, uh, Pastor Martins. Hello. So just stay with us. Okay. Uh, hold on. Let me give uh, a, a quick shot. Let me uh, message him. So tell him I can hear you. I can hear you. I can hear you, Pastor. Okay. Very good. I can hear you. Good. I can hear you. Okay. Okay, good. Okay. All right. So, uh, so what was going on, uh, since the Edomites have not changed their spots, and neither have we, mm. for the most part, The same scenario is still going on. The the Jews hire mobs to impersonate the people, and the people watching must be confused. Why all of a sudden, you know, two days ago we were praising Yahshua riding on a donkey, and those Israelites would have been familiar with the the prophecy of Zechariah Mm 9.9, but not, not necessarily the Pharisees. Uh, the Pharisees were not experts at the law. They were experts at uh, pretending to be experts. <laughs> yeah, right? But they were not experts at the law. Yeah. So uh, it's it's very evident to me that the Pharisees were not expecting a Messiah, but the people were. Wouldn't that be fair to conclude? Yes, that would be fair, Pastor. Okay. In, in fact, there was, there was an expectation of the... Um, events to take place because um, in in the way in which the people had behaved, in fact, in in the way in which they had known the history of um, the feast. Yes, they would have been practicing Lamb Selection Day. So, yes. so here he comes riding on a donkey on Lamb Selection Day. So the uh, Israelites, yeah, so he, the Israelites he, were expecting him. Go ahead. In fact, he also entered at the Sheep Gate. Okay. It must be, which emphasizes the fact that, that that gate which he had entered into Jerusalem was named in preempt or preempted to be named the sheep gate because he would be the sheep that would be led through that uh, or that would be going yes. through that to Very be good. slaughtered. Yes, yes, yeah. And the Israelites had gone through these rituals annually for about 1,500 years, Okay. And only to be ended when the actual Lamb of God was to be sacrificed. Okay, so everybody was looking forward to that day, and in fact, the, the, those sacrifices ended with the death of Yahshua Messiah. They absolutely did end, whether the Israelites wanted them to end or not. They did. Okay, clearly proving that all these prophecies had been fulfilled. Okay, so getting into the article, the author says. Now, unfortunately, he uh, comes at this from a Judeo-Christian perspective, and he assumes that Judaism is the religion practiced by the Israelites before Christ, which it was not. It was Mosaism. And he assumes that those people were Jews, which they were not. They were Israelites or Judaites. So with that in mind, let's read. I spent this afternoon studying Palm Sunday. I wanted to look at this day through Jewish, uh, that is through Judahite eyes, in light of Old Testament scriptures, to see what the people who saw him ride into Jerusalem would have seen and known. There are so many rich nuggets to be found in this momentous occasion. My study began with a specific question. Why did God choose this particular day for Jesus to ride into Jerusalem? Was it just a random day, or did it have specific meaning to the Judahites 
of that day. I'm changing it. He's saying Jews, but that's incorrect. Those people were not Jews. They were Judahites. Exactly. Okay. The day Jesus entered Jerusalem was called Lamb Selection Day. I love that, he says. Families selected their lambs in the late afternoon. Offering himself as the lamb, Jesus also rode into the city in the late afternoon on that day. Mark 11, 11. Quoting now from Exodus 12, 3 and 6. Tell the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each man is to take a lamb for his family, one for each household. Take care of them until the fourteenth day of that month, when all the members of the community of Israel must slaughter them at twilight. Exodus 12, 3, 6. Now, given this tradition, that this tradition had been practiced by Judah, not by Jews, folks, by Judah, for 1,500 years, ever since they entered Palestine, around 1440 B.C., something like that, is, no. it, is it possible that they would overlook uh, this guy who was already reputed to be the Messiah by popular acclamation because of all his miracles and because of his wise sayings, etc., etc., is there, is there any doubt that they believed that he was the Messiah on that day? No doubt at all, Pastor. That's correct. No doubt no at all. No doubt at all. Mm-hmm. But the Jews still doubt it. <laughs> so, uh, how you know, can can these people have been Jews, or were they Judahites or and or Israelites who were expecting the Messiah? No, they wouldn't. Not had they not expected the Messiah, they would have been Edomites. That's correct. Uh, I think it. I think it is a very clear indication historically that the Pharisees and the Sadducees, as well as the Talmudians or the scribes. Right, were in fact all Edomites. Yes, they emanated the most... from the Edomite. Um, uh, 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 yeah, I do tribes. Yeah, the Edomite tribes, exactly. And uh, I just looked at a map. I mentioned this on this morning's show that you know the the fact that Alexandria, Egypt, uh, as the crow flies, is only about four hundred miles, four to five hundred miles from Jerusalem. And many yeah. of the Israelites who had left Judea uh, in the days of the Maccabees, you know, the, that intertestamental period, were yes. Judahites fleeing the, the violence that was going on in Judea exactly. in those days. But they, they did not change their habits. They, they did not change their expectations either. Okay. So uh, let me uh, tell Pastor that I, I can still hear him. Hello. I, I can still hear you. Okay, he's having a real difficult time with his server today, but we're about halfway through. Hopefully, we can get through the rest of this show uh, in intact without yes, um, losing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I was just going to uh, uh, read from the rest of the article. Families yes. selected their the, their lambs in the late afternoon. How is it that I have never heard of Lamb Selection Day? Well, the reason you never heard of it, sir, is because you're a Judeo-Christian. That's why. Exactly. Now, okay, now he is, I'm sure he uses the word church as we go down this article later, confusing the ecclesia with a church. That's not accurate either. These were Israelites, the congregation of Israelites, and they were not led in fact, there's no indication that the leaders of uh, the um, the people of Judea in those days, who were the Pharisees, by uh, by impersonating Judah, that the that the leaders of Judea actually instigated th- this uh, very uh, popular uh, event. Okay, it seems to have been just people realizing that, that who Jesus was and uh, acknowledging him and being ready to celebrate the Lamb Selection Day. Okay? And they would have been coming to Jerusalem anyway for Lamb Selection Day. And then here, all of a sudden, Yahshua is riding on, on a donkey, fulfilling Zechariah 9.9. Okay? So I think uh, my opinion, David is that this date was orchestrated by Yahweh himself 
yes. because he knew that the Israelites would be would have been gathering in Jerusalem for this big event. Over to you. Correct. Yes, absolutely, Pastor. In fact, I think uh, Father Yahweh's massive clockwork um, was set in motion from day one, from the creation day already, to exactly at the right moment, at the right time, have things and events so uh, so timed, so perfectly synchronized for these events to happen the way they did. Yes, yeah. If you look, if you, if you look at um, uh, the following day when he was uh, uh, crucified, uh, when he was, uh, I mean, from the twelfth hour there was a total darkness. The the sun had uh, had covered its face. Uh, uh -huh. There was this um, there was this earthquake. All the things, all the events that uh, occurred around the death of the Messiah were all so perfectly timed as if it was set by a stopwatch within microseconds of accuracy. Yes. Absolutely amazing. Abs yes, absolute, absolute, because it was foreordained from the beginning of the universe itself that this would have to happen. Because why? Because Yahweh foresaw the fall of Adam and Eve, and therefore he knew that they would have to provide a redeemer at the at the correct time. Okay? Are you still with me, David? Okay. I'm here, Pastor. Yeah, okay, yeah, because the, the background noise went away. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so let me get back to the article and uh, see what he has to say next. Now, or, what, or that it was the same day as what we call Palm Sunday. Okay, now here we get into the distortions of Judeo-Christianity, and I include the Roman Catholic Church as Judeo-Christianity. That should have been called Selection Day, not Palm Sunday, and the Catholic exactly. Church had nothing to do with it. This was an Israelite tradition, and we Israelites maintain that it is ours and only our tradition. Over to you. Yes, Pastor. Um uh, if one looks at the whole objective of the church, of the replacement theology and the replacement principles, uh, it is very important for us to realize that these uh, subtle changes which the church has introduced is not part and parcel of what we should abide by. We should abide and keep very strict to, to the scriptures. That's right. I'm busy with, I'm busy with a document, writing a document that actually relates to this, and in fact, I emphasize that it is so important for the for the uh, uh, the house of Yahweh or the house of Jacob not to fall into the trap after getting out of the Judeo-Christian churches that we should not fall into uh, into this uh, uh, Judaism or um, Judaism. Yes, because because Judaism has been. Uh, infiltrated and hijacked by the Jews, and we we don't want Mosaism, to be part right. of it. Mm -hmm. Right now, this is another uh, aspect that we were discussing this morning. The fact is that the Israelites of the Old Testament did not practice any religion called Judaism. In fact, they didn't have a name for it. The most the most correct name, in my opinion, is Mosaism. They were practicing the Mosaic Law, or doing their best. Uh, at least making yeah. a, a half half-hearted effort. Most of them, some were doing yeah. well, some weren't. But it was never called Judaism. Okay, so this is another Correct. false uh, anachronism that uh, scholars today and this this author do, does the same thing, uh, putting Judaism back in in time where it doesn't belong. It was Mosaism. And uh, Judaism is the religion of the Pharisees, which was not instituted until uh, Herodian times. Okay, so but most Judeo-Christian scholars don't understand this, and certainly secular critics of the Bible don't understand it because they don't know enough about the Bible. So what we're trying to do is correct history by using the correct terminology. All right, it's yeah. not it's not Palm Sunday, folks. If you're Catholic, yeah. it's not Palm Sunday, it's Lamb Selection Day. That's what it is. Something, okay, go ahead. Something I, sorry, Pastor, something I want to add at this juncture is that it's very important for us Israelites to realize that you're speaking about and you're speaking with 
a Judeo-Christian person when he starts talking about the Jews, because the Jews did not exist in those days. That's right. That's right. They were still Edomites. They were still known as exactly. Edomites, the, the bitter, mortal enemy of Judah. Okay? Yeah. The Jews today are descended from those Edomites. You cannot possibly equate a people derived from Edom with the people derived from Judah. All right? That's very clear. Or from Jacob. Yeah, from Jacob. So, uh, yeah. so, so, okay, so, yeah, we have to, see, there's so much, and it's hard to find an article written about New Testament times that isn't saturated with this false language of Judeo-Christianity and Judaism, okay? That's why we have to correct their language at every point, okay? Yeah. So, so he says, the writers of the New Testament certainly understood the significance of Lamb Selection Day. It was not called Palm Sunday <laughs> when it happened, okay? That's the name the Roman Catholic Church gave to this event, and it wasn't a Sunday yeah. either, okay? Mm. So there's virtually nothing historically accurate about this story except the fact that it happened, and it was the yeah. Israelite people who put who took part in it. Yeah. Okay? All right? Now he says right. here, now this is a very accurate statement. But of course, they grew up abundantly schooled in the Torah and the Old Testament scriptures. I, the author says, Mr. Smith, did not. And that is correct. So, mm. uh, the point being is that the Israelites, especially the lower classes, the farmers, the merchants, the uh, tradesmen, etc., they would have understood, they would have been expecting uh, someone to ride a, a, a sheep, the Lamb of God, to ride in through Sheep's Gate on Selection Day. Okay? Mm. So it was just a matter of time. You know, well, we've been waiting for this for 1,400 years. Maybe today, maybe this is the year. Okay? Yeah. So they had been gathering there for 1,400 years, and lo and behold, this is the year. <laughs> okay? Now we Absolutely. got the same, we have the same thing happening with the. Uh, old, uh, the, the testament of the second coming when we expect him to return as the lion of Judah not the lamb of God but the lion of Judah and only us in true Israel uh, have any kind of handle on when that's going to happen the days are getting very very close okay but uh, the, the presentation of this author shows that yeah he, under, he admits he is not schooled in the scriptures but the Israelites of the day were very good observation. Okay. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Okay. So, Paul is talking from his day. It would have been around, well, he was sacrificed in the year 33 AD. Paul had this conversion experience, I think, uh, not too much later. Okay, so it's hard to say when Paul wrote these words. You have to do a really strenuous historical study as to when he wrote 1 Corinthians 5-7. But uh, it can, can't have been many years following this event. But for him, yeah. it was past tense. Okay? Yeah. Our Passover has been sacrificed. In Hebrews... Concluded. Yes, right. It, it happened. We don't do it over and over again like the Roman Catholic Church does. Okay? It's a one-time event, one redemption, not many redemptions. Hebrews 7.27 says, quote, He sacrificed for sins once and for all when he offered himself. Okay? Can it, what, what does the word term once and for all mean to you, Pastor Martins? In other words, he was sacrificed on one occasion for all of the Israelites Mm -hmm. Whom he came to, well, he, when he when he issued his mission statement, and he said in Matthew fifteen twenty four, "I have not come but for the lost sheep of the house of Jacob, for Israel," mm -hmm. which means which means that he had come for the to be the sacrificial lamb, which the whole mm -hmm. which the whole uh, uh, event of the right. uh, Passover in Egypt. Had pointed forward to now every time that the um, Israelites uh, uh, that they held this feast or this uh, when they commemorated the Passover, 
right? Every time they commemorated the event in the past, which happened in Egypt, they all also commemorated the promise of the event to be occurring sometime in the future. Sure. And on this occasion, this was the realization and the uh, reaffirmation of Father Yahweh's promise to his people. Amen. Amen. So, so, so the Israelites of Judea had three and a half years uh, of his ministry as witness to who he was. Okay. Now it's not exactly. their it's not their fault that the Pharisees didn't pay any attention or the Sadducees. Unfortunately, the Essenes, who were the only true Judahites of that te- at, of that time period, that uh, uh, claimed to be a priesthood. They had moved out of Jerusalem because they rejected the teachings of the Pharisees and there was strife between those two organizations. Okay. So, and then Hebrews 9.28, quote, Christ was sacrificed to take away the sins of many people, unquote. Now, why does he use the word many instead of the whole world? (laughs) Can you comment on that? Because the Messiah came, came for the lost sheep of the house of Jacob only. That's and right. And this has been the promise. This is a fulfillment, fulfillment of the prophecies. The prophecies nowhere in the scriptures. The prophecies um, only pertain to the house of Jacob. Never to the, except for the book, the book of Obadiah and uh, some of the chapters of Jeremiah right. and Isaiah. And also the yeah. Zephaniah. Where, where the Edomites, where the Edomites are specifically exactly. named. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the Midianites. But but the, the promises of Father Yahweh's protection and his blessing and his uh, salvation that he was, uh, that he had promised the people of the house of Jacob uh, for whom the, the Messiah would come was always only and specifically to the house of Jacob. That's Never correct. outside of the house of Jacob. That's correct. So, and so Paul, it cannot be called a universalist here, because he would have said all people. No, it says sins of many people. And even here, he was talking about only those Israelites who would accept Yahshua as the Redeemer, because right. a lot of the, a lot of them didn't. So here, he was actually differentiating. Uh, be, uh, between Israelites, those who would accept Messiah and those who wouldn't. So, exactly. okay, so it still pertains to Israel and Israel exclusively. Then he says, John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Okay, now world, that's cosmos. Okay, and the, the, the Bible... The translations are unclear. They should have used more precise language because there's the world at large and there's the world of Israel, okay? Whose sins were were forgiven at Calvary? Were, were there any... Yeah, go ahead. Solely and only the ones who he had come for, which he mentioned in his mission statement. Yes. I would not have come. Had, had it not been for the lost sheep of the house of Jacob. In That's other right. words, the exclusivity of the uh, selection of Father Yahweh as as to the uh, pertaining to the house of Jacob is maintained right through the scriptures, all the way from Genesis 1 verse 1 right up to Revelation 22 verse 21. Because in Revelation, uh, here from Re- Revelation 20, 21, 22, we... Uh, the scriptures teach about the new Jerusalem. It is only the 12 tribes whose names are written above the, the or r- written on the, um, uh, the gates yes. or the ports to the, the new Jerusalem. And yes. I'm so glad that scriptures teaches that each gate has an angel and those angels will make sure that nobody... There's no gate crashing allowed in the New Jerusalem. That's, that's right. That's right. There won't be any Jews horning in on the action, <laughs> or no at the at the wedding tribes. feast or, or wedding feast of the Lamb. Right? They won't be there. 
They'll they'll be heating <laughs> their fat. Will be heating the the, the premises. All right. So yeah. now, uh, uh, okay. Uh, in Galatians one four, speaking of Messiah who gave himself for our sins, he doesn't say the sins of the world, that he might deliver us, us Israelites, from this present world. Okay, from this present world. Okay, this is aeon not cosmos, from this present age. This is another example of bad translation by the King James. They don't make a distinction between eons and political uh, establishments, and they should. Okay? On this present eon, according to the will of God and our Father. Okay? So here he uses our sins. He doesn't say sins of the world. We'll get back to that momentarily. 1 John 2.2, 2, and he is the propitiation for our sins, O-U-R, not sins of the world, and not for ours only, but also for the sins, and here it says, the whole world, and where is, and here it's cosmos, okay? Now, we have to understand that Jesus himself said, I pray not for the world, Okay? Why would exactly. he not? Why would he not pray for the world if he came to give away the, uh, to redeem the sins of the whole world? No, you're talking about the whole cosmos of Israel, the Israelite nations. Israelite nations are being spoken of here because they're the only ones who were given the law, and they're the ones who could break the law and therefore require redemption. Now, the What's your concept of redemption? This is a very important for people to understand, you know, because yeah. uh, I assume that in South Africa you have pawn shops like we do yeah. here in America, <laughs> probably all owned by Jews like they are here in America. And then when you uh, drop something off to get money, to get a loan from the pawn shop operator, he gives you yeah. a ticket. Okay? Correct. Yeah, okay? Uh, that's Correct. called a redemption ticket. Yeah. All right. Now, you have to bring that ticket back to get your the item you left for, for at the pawn shop, and that's the only way. You have to present that ticket. No other ticket will nope. get you redemption, right? It's not just the ticket. It is also the price that he had given you or the money that he had given you in exchange for that ticket or for the holding of that ticket okay. while he holds right. on to your goods. Yes, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, so that he uh, he holds the goods for potential sale. I don't, and I've never yeah. taken anything to a pawn shop, so I don't know how long a term that you agree to to have the pawn shop hold it before they can sell it, okay? So, uh, you know, but if you, uh, if you miss the date, uh, here we get to the date had to be precise. <laughs> the price, precise date of redemption was met by Yahshua for Israel and for no other people. Okay? Well, something I also wanted to stress at this uh, juncture, Pastor, uh-huh. is that the, the testimony of the angel, when the angel had announced the birth of the Messiah... The angel's words were that he would come as a redeemer of his people. That's correct. And on, uh, I think it was in Luke where it stated, he would come as a redeemer for the house of Israel, mm-hmm. not for the world. That's right. Exactly as, exactly as it was prophesied by the prophets already in uh, 1,700 years before. When they pro- prophesied about the coming of the Messiah, they said, they stated distinctively that he would come for his people. The Father Yahweh would send his Messiah to redeem his people every yes. time it was his people. And uh, for the Judeo-Christian churches to, uh, to, to not, well, to turn around, well, th- their whole mission is to do a... Uh, the house of Jacob, yeah, it's uh, a, in, in, into into extinction, right? So yeah, what they're yeah, that too, yeah. Uh, uh, they want to exter- exterminate the uh, Christian Israelite world, uh, cosmos. Okay, 
but also to uh, you know distort the scriptures. That's where I thought you were going uh, to universalize the scriptures. So here I'm yeah. going to quote John seventeen nine. I pray for them. He's speaking mm-hmm. of the people of Israel. I pray not for the world, which is cosmos, but for yeah. them which the which thou the Father has given me, given. for they are mine, or thine, sorry, for, well, it could be mine also, for they are yeah. thine. So here, the word cosmos is used to distinguish from the Israelites. Good. Therefore, you must consult the context of what is being discussed before you can say, as people falsely believe in John 3.16, that he gave his only son for the heathen world <laughs> he so loved the heathen world no he does not he's going to destroy the heathen world correct they're going to be destroyed correct. folks you have to read in context and very few judeo christians do and certainly the jews don't either all right your comment at this point with about nine minutes left uh pastor one of the uh, traits of the edomite or the judeo christian churches of course, the Judeo-Christian churches emanated from the Edomites. That's right. One of their traits is to isolate scriptures, verses, out of its context, and they join these verses which they have sucked out of its context into a plane which they have now control of. Right. They link these verses together after telling a bit of a story about the previous day's rugby or soccer or whatever, and then they fabricate their own dogma or their own doctrine around those three or four scriptures that they have sucked out of context. The gospel of universal salvation, right? Yes, exactly. Yes. Something that was only uh, intended for Israel is now generalized, universalized to the entire world for people who don't even, never even heard of Jesus Christ. And, and they're not even related in terms of the <laughs> descendancy of the house of Jacob. That's what right. The churches on, what the churches, in fact, are doing, they're rebuilding the Tower of Babel. That's correct. That's correct. Right? And they've done a damn good job. It's called the United Nations, folks. That's what it's <laughs> called. All right? Okay? Yeah. All right. And now Peter, in First Peter uh, 1.19, says, You were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or spot. Could he be talking to anybody else other than Israelites here? Who was redeemed? No, Pastor. Israelites only. That's correct. That's correct. Okay. And so unless the context absolutely demands it, uh, we can assume that the cosmos being addressed here is the Israelite cosmos, okay? Can, can I uh, add something to this, Pastor? Sure. If, if this was intended for the whole world, the whole world, as cl- including the Judeo-Christian churches, would have uh, preached and, and they would have propagated the following of the law, the, the um, commands or the Ten Commandments. Right. They would have, they would have actually, they would have propagated that as if it is the gospel, because those the, the law actually determines the understanding of this the the um, uh, a lamb without blemish or spot, right? Because it falls in line with uh, what happened in Egypt at the departure of the Israelites, and right. of course subsequent to that the laws which um, relates to the keeping of the Sabbath or the keeping yes. of the, uh, uh, the the Passover. Okay, now a uh, question for you. Now, does this terminology, blemish or spot, does this have a religious meaning only or is it also a reference to his physical purity, his, you know, his bloodline? Over to you. Pastor, uh, obviously to the physical purity as well because it, if you look at the way in which Father Yahweh had told Moses what to look for when it comes to the selection of the lamb, uh, it even relates to uh, blemishes on the coat or the fur. Right. Um, it, it relates to uh, being uh, perfect in all aspects. Yes, physically, a perfect physical specimen. That's Absolutely. correct. 
had to be a perfect physical specimen. And those who offered a blemished lamb were punished for doing so. Isn't that fa- isn't in fact that was the original sin of Cain? Exactly. Before he murdered Abel? Right? Okay. Exactly he did not offer the first fruits. He offered second best and he kept the first yeah. fruits for himself. All yeah. right? Yeah, that's the Jews for you folks. All right. So, uh, I'll try to finish this paragraph here. Uh This is good food for thought here. In the book of Revelation, 20 or more times it refers to Christ as the Lamb. Revelation 5, 6 says, Then I saw a Lamb, looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne. All right? Mm. Well, who could that be? All right? Uh, So we're talking uh, a spiritually pure, that is sinless, a sinless... Mm. Adamite sacrifice, which was also perfect in his genealogy, absolutely right. perfect in his genealogy. That is, those are the two requirements for Messiah. He had to be spotless in both accounts. And then finally here, Revelation uh, 12.1, they overcame by the blood of of the lamb. This is not just about the spilled blood. This is also about the DNA of the blood. Yes, the, okay. The genealogy, uh, the genealogy was also absolutely relevant. That's right. Because that, because he was conceived by the Holy Spirit, Pastor. Mm-hmm. He had godly blood. The Messiah had godly blood because he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. That's correct. And that is why we can say that Father Yahweh had spilled His own blood for the sake of His people. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So, now, of course, the spiritual inbreathing, uh, and I, I even don't like to use the word spiritual here, the, uh, how should it be, the otherworldly, the heavenly inbreathing of His Spirit into Adam in Genesis mm. 2-7 was imitated by Yahshua when he breathed his breath upon several of his disciples. Correct. Okay? So that Holy Spirit was conveyed to Adam by Yahweh himself, and then it was conveyed to the Israelites of his day by Yahshua in person. In person, correct. In person, okay? So we expect him to return in person yet again with a flaming sword and with uh, an army of angels to destroy yeah. his enemies. Okay, so Correct. yeah. now the, the Judeo church... Go ahead. Is is imitators as well. Yes, right. <laughs> his imitators, <laughs> right. And, and the, his, his imitators who teach that Jesus loves everybody, I want to yeah. quote 1 John 3, 8. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. Okay. Well, those works have not yet been destroyed, but they will be. So, amen. There's going to be a second coming, folks, but he's not going to... He already redeemed Israel. There's no point redeeming Israel again, because that was a one-time event, as Paul clearly told us. But there's going to be another one-time event. That is the Judgment Day and the Wedding Feast of the Lamb, and to that feast, only Israelites are invited. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely, Pastor. Amen. Only Twelve those times. that have, only those that, that whose names have been written into the Lamb, yes. into the Lamb's Book of Life, yeah. from before the foundation of the earth. Amen. It's very important. There was no change to the testament whatsoever. The testament had been right. Uh, determined before the foundation of the earth yeah. already. Yeah, the only change between Testament 1 and Testament 2 is the fact that the Levitical rituals had been fulfilled. That's it. Correct. Every, everything else Correct. remains the same. All right, David, thank you for joining me. And uh, thank, thank you. you okay. All right, folks, take care. Yahweh bless. Pass the ammunition. Get ready for the Judgment Day. Bye-bye. Praise Yahweh. Praise Hallelujah. Yahweh. Hallelujah. 